Welcome to Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. We're here to discuss public policy issues in our home state of Colorado and beyond. Making Action Happen is presented by Action 22. Find out about our organization at action22.org. Now, here are your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Making Action Happen. I'm Sarah Blackhurst. And I'm Brian McCain. We um, are taking a little bit of a break from the usual candidate uh, episodes that we've been doing lately because we have some very special friends with us to talk a little bit about a ballot measure and some of the impacts of the ballot measures that are happening or that will be on the statewide um, ticket this um, this session. Um, and so I want to start by in- letting you guys both introduce yourselves. Um, Chrissy and John are joining us by Zoom today, um, of course, because they're in Denver and it's a bit of a, of a trek down here. But we really thought it would be uh, good for everybody as they're deciding how they're going to vote and on what they're going to vote on in the usual manner. We're going to do a little bit of a deep dive, uh, have an authentic discussion on this particular issue. So we start by both of you. Thank you so much for joining us um, today. We appreciate it um, that you're doing this. Um, will you start by introduce first, Chrissy, will you introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit of your, of your background and what you work on? And then John, we'll turn it over to you. Sounds great. And um, thank you, Sarah and Brian, for having me. I'm Chrissy Faraci. Um, I am a local consultant based in Denver that does political work all over the state of Colorado and love to visit my friends in Southern Cal- in Southern Colorado. Wish I was there in person. Um, thanks again for having me. I'm part of the campaign team for the Coalition of Beer and Wine and Grocery Stores. Yes, on 125 and 126. Um, John, over to you. Hi, I'm John Jaramillo. I'm the president of the Hispanic Restaurant Association, one of the co-founders, along with uh, Celine Nestor. Uh, I'll quickly give you our mission and vision statement. Our uh, mission statement is to advocate on behalf of the Hispanic Restaurant Tour to op- open and operate their restaurants effectively and efficiently, and that's part of this discussion. And our, our vision statement is to educate and elevate the Hispanic community across a multi-generational spectrum. And just, I want to be clear, we serve everybody in the restaurant community because no matter what ownership or you, the Hispanic community is more than likely involved. So. Right, right. So, Chrissy, um, I want you to tell us a little bit about um, your ballot measure. And let me start by saying that um, uh, the Action 22 Board of Directors um, decided to take a neutral position on this uh, because uh, some of our some of our regions are very rural and remote, and they don't have a lot of the other options um, that what you're what this would really focus on. So, this would really give a lot of options um, on things, and it would it would be a big benefit. Um, so, the again the Action 22 board did not oppose this in any way. And we really wanted you to have the discussion on it. But um, we took a neutral position because um, the, the counties that we serve, the the regions that we serve are so remote. So tell us a little bit about this ballot measure. Yeah, well, again, thanks for having me. Um, propositions 125 and 126 are, um, will allow Colorado consumers greater flexibility and consumer choice as they purchase alcohol in Colorado. Prop 125 um, allows for wine to join beer sales in grocery stores. Beer sales have been um, have been an option for the consumer since uh, 2019. So this would add wine as an option for um, grocery stores. And uh, Prop 126 is to allow 
um, an extension of the governor's executive orders um, that have been in existence over COVID. They expire in 2025. Um, that extends third-party alcohol delivery as an option, again, for our restaurant partners and liquor stores in Colorado. I'd add that we've had, uh, Colorado has had some form of third-party delivery for the past 16 years. And of course, it was expanded again under the governor's executive orders. This provides a greater choice for our restaurants and our alcohol and our liquor stores, as well as the consumers. What it does is it um, takes away the liability for restaurants and throws it onto the third party platforms. So it provides um, those smaller venues to be able to um, do partnerships with the likes of a DoorDash or an Instacart or an Uber Eats. Um, because they don't, many of them, and John can speak to this, don't have the wherewithal um, financially or the, the staffing, quite frankly, um, to have a dedicated restaurant employee with um, a dedicated uh, restaurant-owned vehicle that can deliver that alcohol. So with this liability being put on third-party platforms, smaller restaurants now and medium and even liquor stores are able to get into the market outside of the national chains that have really successfully been doing this in the last three years. So just to go into it. So, um, restaurant in my town, cactus flower, I like their margaritas and I order food DoorDash there, but I can't order a margarita with the DoorDash as it stands now. They do not deliver because they are afraid of the liability. So what this does is take them out of that liability problem and put it on DoorDash or whoever's delivering it. Is that correct? Exactly. And let me walk you through how that process works. Um, right now, of course, you know, again, Colorado is a dual licensed state. So you have to go through the state and your local um, licensing authorities to, to obtain um, a license to serve or deliver alcohol in the state of Colorado. So that doesn't change, right? The infrastructure of how that permitting and local control it maintains um, this just adds and expands to what we've already successfully been doing for some time. Um, when you order through DoorDash, when you order your mar- your food from Cactus Flower, you will, um, in your application, you will submit your driver's license. It will be electronically verified for security reasons that you're 21. So you'll go enter your license, order your food. Your food gets delivered by DoorDash. And at the door, uh, a, a 21-year-old or over 21 um, who is uh, working for DoorDash and is authorized and trained to deliver alcohol will then have an electronic um, handheld device that will then scan your driver's license again to verify that you're 21. So there will be no uh, leave it at my door option, obviously. <laughs> for no, this. leave it at your door option. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what has been the pushback on this? What are you hearing? Like, what are some of the complaints that people are opposed to this for? Well, I think number one is there's a concern of um, will underage, uh, will minors have greater access to alcohol? Um, and and I can speak to that. Um, for beer and wine and grocery stores, um, it's operated very successfully. And I, grocery stores, um, I, I would argue, have better safety uh, security processes in place than liquor stores. And and I can say that because they've had much less violations on their end than liquor stores. But I think in general, our state does it really well. Um, all employees have to go through certification and training in order to sell, they have to be 21. Um, flipping over to third-party delivery, in the past three years, there's been one violation uh, on, on underage sales. So I would say that's probably the 
the the biggest argument against this. Um, and then maybe secondarily, I think there's some confusion about whether or not um, local control still is, is maintained under this initiative, this proposition, and and it does not change, again, that dual licensing that we have today. Local authorities still have to, you know, give your permit, your license, check and make sure you meet all the criteria, and they still will be um, enforcing any violations and making sure that we're all, you know, operating safely and and legally. John, uh, being in Southern Colorado, we have a lot of Mexican food restaurants here that make a lot of good margaritas. And being the, the <laughs> his, Hispanic Restaurant Association guy, what what are you hearing from the the restaurants? Uh, yeah, the, the overwhelming positive support. That's really what it is. Because once this explained, uh, you talk about adding an additional revenue stream, that oh. liability piece, which is a key component. But it's not it's not on them. And then it, there's not any more money put out. All those capital requirements that everybody, the bigger restaurant chains already have and in place, it just solves so many issues. And the, the bottom line is it helps the smaller restaurateur, which is who we mainly represent. Has there been any um, indication from um, liquor stores that they're worried about this, this initiative at all? Uh, but I, I haven't asked them. Um, my, my mission is always to help the Hispanic restaurateur or the restaurateur in general. Right. And it's, I'm going to use a round figure, but it's uh, accurate no matter how, how we uh, scale it. Nine out of 10 support it. The only one that was uh, the question, it's like, was that liability piece? Once I explain right. they're like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> so, and then that's our goal. It, it's economically, it makes so much sense uh, and it helps everyone. I would add that the Colorado Restaurant Association is supporting um, both these uh, measures, or I'm sorry, Colorado Restaurant Association is supporting 126, so third-party delivery. The Colorado State Chamber um, just endorsed both of our measures, Prop 125 and 126, yesterday. We have um, support from the Grand Junction Chamber uh, for 126. They're neutral on 125. Uh, Progress Pro 15 is supporting 125 and 126, so we have you know, almost a hundred restaurants that are endorsing, um, and, and many other community partners, uh, the list is long and I'm probably forgetting a few, but again, to John's point, um, this is good for, it generates new revenue. Um, and, uh, I think in general people, um, have grown accustomed to the convenience of delivery. Um, and we've proven that it can be successfully rolled out, um, We've been now, I think, in the last three years, um, it's been operating pretty, pretty good and successfully for all of us. And now all this talk about a margarita, I know it's only 11, but it's making me laugh. <laughs> well, and, and the, the, I, have, I have connections. We can get you one. Oh, nice. All right, I'm coming over. Can we send, well, no, 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 we're going to send it over now, right? We could send it over after this. Yeah, exactly. So, so. so one more thing on this and we'll move to the, the other proposition. So, I, I know this used to be an oxymoron, but there's a lot of good brew pubs that have a lot of good food. You know, it was one or the other. If they had great food, sometimes the brew pub wasn't that good and then vice versa. Um, I can see this potentially um, really making a positive impact on these brew pubs that are also a, a restaurant, right? Like mm-hmm. we have the Shamrock here in town, Brews L House. 
you know, you can DoorDash food from them, but you can't DoorDash a growler of beer. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's huge. And that's just another way to expand their market and bring that revenue. And especially after COVID and everybody, you know, the restaurants were hit hard with this. So, well, I, well, I think especially, um, like what you said, the, the food, all the foodies, um, it's, it's hand in hand, right? So you've got the, the, all these breweries and you've got all these great drinks and that food goes hand in hand. Um, and yeah, I, um, the only, the only ones that we were worried about in any of this were our sm- very small, um, local, uh, um, liquor stores, but the, this protects that local, that local control and those local rules. None of that will change. It'll just give more options, right, Chrissy? Exactly. And and again, I go back to um, 2019 when beer sales started in grocery stores. We've seen there, the market hasn't dropped. It's only increased. Um, again, 2019, the number of licenses since has grown uh, positive net 10. So I, I, you know, we, we look at the, the number of licensing, the number of licenses and those sales numbers, and they, they're just continuing to increase. So going to the, I just buy hard liquor at the grocery store and, and in all reality, it's more of a convenience. Um, the grocery stores aren't going to, to your point earlier, Brian, you know, these brew pubs where they have all these fantastic craft beers. And, and a lot of these grocery stores aren't going to sell the boutique craft wines and craft beers. So you're still, if when you want to, you know, access those products, you're still going to have to go to your local retailer, liquor store retailer. Right. John, you yeah. have something? I, I just think economically for all those, the, the brewmasters, every restaurant, you know, whether it's uh, supported by the Colorado Restaurant Association, us, all the Chamber of Commerce, everybody recognizes how it helps the small business, which has really been hurt in the past few years. So I, that's why we really support it. It helps, you know, the back of the house, front of the house, because it gets, provides that steady income. They don't have to worry about that. And then the increase in revenue. So overall, um, from our looking at other states, um, average sales go up 30% when you allow alcohol delivery. Right. And we have, uh, you know, 6,000 potential businesses that this will help in the state. And we're, Colorado's not the first state to try to do this, right? The other states have, what have, how has it worked in other states? So um, in, in, you know, every state is uniquely different um, in how they uh, operate or how their their statutes relating to alcohol and liquor codes. So I can't really do an apples to apples comparison, but I will tell you that 32 other states allow for beer and wine and grocery stores. 27 other states um, allow for alcohol third party delivery. And so, um, you know, the DoorDashes, Instacarts, uh, Uber Eats, Amazon, all these members of this coalition, if have advised and incorporated best practices and standards that that meet um, and fall within our Colorado Vice statute. Again, state and local licensing does not change. It's just an expansion uh, and and building upon the existing system that we already have. So, can, can you it, imagine what 30% revenue increase on average does for a restaurant? That oh really God. helps them. Well, especially when you're thinking, have seen how many restaurants have closed down in the last two years, John? Oh, I know it's uh, so many. I mean, it's too, too many to count. And then the ones that, you know, with the staffing issues, with inflation issues, a 30% increase in re- revenue will save so many in the future. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think a 1% increase in revenue is fought for death <laughs> for some of these restaurants, unfortunately. But um, going, going to the other proposition, the um, hard alcohol in grocery mm-hmm. stores, um, you said that after beer was introduced in grocery stores, there was only uh, an increase of 10 liquor license in the state. I don't know if this is true, but I always assume there was a, a set number of liquor licenses, both in counties. A lot of them have a set number and in the state. Can you tell me, is there a set number that the state allows? Um, you know, I can't answer that question. I think that's Prop 124. Um, that allows for getting rid of the caps on the number mm-hmm. of licenses. I think it's a graduated um, proposal where it, um, by a date certain, um, any one license, a license owner can expand their number. Um, I can tell you that in terms of the, in terms of 125 adding wine into grocery stores, um, that they still have to go through that licensing renewal and get that joint. It creates a new license. So you still have to go through licensing to get that. Um, hard liquor obviously will still be, we can't, if this passes, it doesn't allow for hard liquor in grocery stores. Now there was, um, that was my, that was my mistake. I thought it was hard. Oh yeah. There are a few examples of, um, uh, King Supers, Costco, um, that do have hard liquor. Um, and that was part of that, um, grand negotiation in 2019. Well, and I think part of that, um, and I don't want to misspeak, but it's my understanding that part of that deal in order for that, that license to obtain is they had to buy out an adjacent liquor store within a certain number of feet. Um, and so that's how that, those few stores that you see, um, in my neighborhood, uh, either there's a King Seepers, a Target and a Trader Joe's that all have hard liquor sales. I don't know what that says about my neighborhood, but, uh, <laughs> I guess we're a bunch of drinkers here in the, uh, Hilltop Crestmore neighborhood of Denver. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, um, the 124, uh, is my understanding that, that it will uh, update, um, again, on the hills of Prop 125 and 126 are overall uh, alcohol and liquor codes that are pretty outdated. Okay, so so 125, it's just the sell of wine along with... Just beer. wine. Okay, yep, okay. That's, wine. I was confused, and that's my mistake for not doing my research. No, okay. this. So, <laughs> no. but, but even in that, um, where I, I guess where I'm going with the finite liquor license out there, we saw liquor stores sell their liquor license to grocery stores, I believe. Um that's what I was referencing in the 2019, yeah. you know, that negotiation. Um, that was a one-off. That they you they can't do that um, okay. under this proposition. This is again only adding wine to beer sales and grocery stores. Okay, that was my next question. If they could do that, because I know some people that made a lot of money off of doing that when that initially passed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, let me let me ask you again. Uh, there's a lot of other states that already allow this to ha- you know to happen. So this isn't is an experiment. It's just an expansion. How's it gone in those other states? It's been incredibly successful. Um, from what I understand, um, it's uh, many have had this for a number of years. Um, I I believe that um, you know the the liquor stores that that much of the much of the alcohol and liquor code today has been in place since hasn't hasn't been adjusted or updated since prohibition. So I think um, we look at the at the public desire and opinion, and people really want to 
see more convenience and consumer choice and, and really some flexibility for our, our local businesses. So um, we've the, the experience in other states has been really positive. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate the fact that our, in my opinion, owning a liquor establishment, our liquor license is very antiquated in Colorado. Um, and totally off topic, I think that somebody should look at some ballot initiatives to, <laughs> to basically uh, change some of that. Um, that. One, one step at a time. Let's start yeah, with this. Yeah. I, I, my big one that never made sense was the cabaret license where you cannot have dancing in a liquor establishment oh. without a cabaret license and they define dancing by i think it was like 15 seconds of repetitive motion and then if you if you have somebody that gets busted dancing in your bar or restaurant it's a liquor violation so, and they could shut you down so so oh, brian, i did not know that wait wait yes. so i was just gonna say brian because brian um at one point in a former life um owned a bar and this is a real thing so for, just for our listeners because this is wildly hilarious it's not funny but it's totally funny will you explain this to everybody oh yeah i owned a bar it was a music venue no not that part Which the part? part with the cabaret like, oh yeah the like, cabaret don't understand so, this. so they so they they had um you had to apply for a cabaret license it was totally separate they only gave out a certain number of them and it was here locally and um not none of the new bars had them and so there was kind of this crackdown and it was like you know the city's like crackdown on these kind of shady joints and yes, I did own a shady dive bar, <laughs> but, but that was one way that was one tool they could use to give them a liquor violation and bring them in front of the, the liquor board. Well, I had a cabaret license and that would constantly get liquor violations. They say there was dancing in your bar. You were playing music, liquor violation. So I went in front of the liquor board, you know, half a dozen times over people dancing in my bar. So if people were going to dance in your bar, is this a still a thing? Yeah, you have to have a cabaret license. So if people dance for 15 seconds or more, yes. or for longer than 15 seconds in your bar. You need a license for that. You have to have a license for that, for yes. dancing. Yes. So, Chrissy, when you say antiquated, <laughs> really yeah. great and, and term I don't, for that. I don't know if that's a state-like issue, if it, it's statewide, but I know in this county that is, or at least in the city, that's that was a big deal. I mean, at one point, Pueblo had something like 78% of all the liquor violations in the state. Were cabaret oh related. Somebody was dancing. <laughs> oh, it, it was everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about the morale. People wanted to dance in Pueblo. <laughs> yeah, and, and, it, and a lot of the bar owners got mad, and they protested and showed up to the liquor hearings and, and threw a fit, and they kind of they, they stepped back. But just even some of the laws, you know, um, there was an empty bottle of Bud Light and we only served Coors products in our bar for that reason. And, you know, it was sitting outside the fence. It was within like two feet and it got picked up and then we got the liquor violation for it and had to go in front of a hearing. So when you see that girl out at the bar and she starts dancing and you're thinking to yourself, that should be illegal. It actually is. Yes. Gotcha. It's like got foot, it. we always joked. We're like <laughs> footloose. Oh, Man, you awesome. do need to bring that into the 21st century. Yeah, right, so. yeah. right, right, right. So um, anything else um, you want to tell our listeners and viewers, where can they find out more information, um, direct them to a web page, and why they should support it? Yes, we do have a web page. Web, web page. It's um, yes on one Prop 125 and 126 beer and wine and grocery stores. Um, I forgot to add that the Tavern Association 
uh, has also endorsed this measure, and they represent obviously a number of small, medium, large businesses all over our state. Um, yeah, please go to our webpage. Um, we are asking for your support in November. And uh, John, do you have any final comments? I, I'm just asking for the support from the community at large in general, supporting your local restaurateur, the Hispanic Latin restaurateur, just restaurateurs in general. Uh, it provides an economic lifeline and uh, extra support so they can, uh, you know, just make lives easier for themselves. And this and, is going to make it, customers. this will make a difference for them. This may be the the thing that keeps their doors open. So I appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I, I, I really, really uh, do think that. Yeah. So. Very good. All right, Christy, we're going to see you at the annual meeting in a couple weeks. Yes. I hope to be there. I hope to be there. Thank you so much for having us. And again, right. please support 125 and 126. Join um, our, our Colorado chambers and businesses and restaurant association and John and his Hispanic Restaurant Association in support. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I second all those thoughts. Great. All right. Disclaimer. Well, we appreciate that. Um, although you are not candidates, uh, Action 22 does not endorse or support candidates during an election season. What we do is offer a platform for our members to come on and talk about their candidacy or their ballot initiative. Um, right now, our board is taking a neutral position on these. So the um, what would you say? Opinions and views of Sarah and Brian do not necessarily reflect Correct. the opinions and views of Action 22 or its board. And I think that's it. I think that's it. We'll see you guys in just a couple of weeks at the um, Action 22 annual meeting. It's going to be a really great one. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun, actually. Uh, the ballots will have just come out. And so um, we're going to do a lot with candidates, and we're going to have a lot of discussion about the ballot measures that are here or that are coming up. So thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. One thing, Chad Borthman. Oh, you have a great bar in your house, and if this passes, I expect you to deliver alcohol to my house on a weekly basis, preferably whiskey. Thank you. Uh, Chad, um, I'll be up to pick mine up, and I can bring Brian his. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right, thanks. We'll see you next week. This episode of Making Action Happen is sponsored by Action 22's amazing energy leaders, XL Energy, Colorado Rural Electric Association, Colorado Oil and Gas Association, Gil Romero and the Capital Success Group, Black Hills Energy, Nextera Energy, San Isabel Electric Association, Outshine Energy, Colorado Solar and Storage Association, Tri-State and 174 Power Global. Action 22 is a nonpartisan, membership-driven organization which serves as a voice for action on public policy for 22 southern Colorado counties on the state and federal level. We focus on how issues relating to Colorado legislation, local government affairs, health care, education, and natural resources intersect for the economic health of our region. If you're a leader in your community and are considering joining Action 22, you can get more information by emailing show at action22.org or visit our website at action22.org. Thank you for tuning in to Making Action Happen. Be sure to join your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain, for another edition of the show on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.